The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm one with the force of forces with me. Now witness the firepower of this fully armed and operational battle station. We'll use the force. That's not how the force works. Well, that starts somewhere. Welcome to the KyberCast. This is episode number 150, recorded July 17th, 2022. I'm one half of the KyberCast team. My name is Joe Becker. I am with the ever-present red guy. <laughs> red red guy? What? <laughs> yes, this is Michael, and yes, uh, you can't see me, obviously. I'm wearing a white stripes t-shirt and a red lantern ball cap. Right. I didn't mean red as in, you know a bad person or anything. He was just wearing red today. <laughs> Not making any kind of uh, weird racist comments about my skin. No. Yeah. You're red. I, I already a little teeny bit of a patchy in me. So we're already off the rails within the first. Uh, off the rails. It's, it's kind of a thing. We need to do that anyways. So welcome. It's our 150th episode. I didn't even I think didn't about it till I just, till I just yeah. said it. It was weird. We're at 150. That's like three years. Really? Yeah, well, we missed it. a few here and there, but yeah, we've been, yeah. and then originally when we did it every other week, but still, yep. we're getting close to four years then. Yeah. Crazy. Still doing it. Still doing it. And it's a, it's a joy. It's a pure joy. I do look forward to it. I do too. It's just tough to sometimes fit in. So sorry to all those listeners that we, um, you know, in and out for the 4th of July weekend, times change, things change, and we're recording a little bit late this week. Because I was uh, out of the office at work, getting some stuff done for work. So, yeah, day jobs just get in the way. I know, but they pay the bills, so they, they do. Priority. But hey, if you want on time shows, you can go to our Patreon dot com slash Kybercast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, this... what do they get? Let's say if if they donate enough for us to retire from our day jobs, what what what, what tier prize is that? <laughs> yeah, no kidding, a camper. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I can live in that and just sell everything and then uh, just do the podcast from the camper. That'd be fun. Yeah. Just need to find stable internet. Right. Right. Well, you know what? By the time we get closer to retirement and in real life, maybe the cell phone industry will really be better at cable, at very, better data. And then you won't even need wires. For oh, internet connection. 5G is everywhere. Yeah. You should have amazing speeds. Allegedly. Allegedly. All right. Well, let's jump into it. We've uh, very light on news, um, but a cool thing did come out this week that Michael posted on the line uh, earlier this week, and that was the Lord of the Rings Rings of Power preview trailer. Trailer? Is it a trailer if it's online? It's a preview. I know, I know you like to call them previews. Because they are. I, they are previews, yeah. yes, but they still call them trailers, even though they don't come after the film anymore. No. Um, but one a company should do that once, though. Wait, don't well, put ours at the big. Don't put ours at the beginning of the movie. Put it at the end. Like if you want to see, that's what Marvel should really do. Don't put your Marvel trailers at the beginning. Put them at the end. 
you want to see the Marvel trailers, whatever. Well, and the funny thing is, too, when you're at the theater, they actually say this preview has been rated blah, blah, blah. Right. Why don't they call them previews? I don't know. I'm there with you. I don't know. I do have a morning voice. We should have come out as the morning zoo since we're recording really early. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, welcome to the <laughs> Gabrigas morning zoo. Um, so anyways, Rings of Power trailer. Michael, it's, this is not your cup of tea, though. Like, you, you don't like anything Lord of the Rings. It's not your thing. But what did you think of the well, preview? Yeah, we all know. Anyone that's listened for more than a couple episodes know I'm not a huge fan of fantasy stuff. And it's taken... It takes a bit for me to watch fantasy stuff. That said, um, Amazon does not appear to have spared any expense on this show. Uh, we already no. knew it was expensive based on what they were spending, like $200 million or something for this first season. I don't remember if that's the exact quote, but you can see the money in the product. It looks very good. It does. Production is good. I even heard, I think, hints of the music from the film. So I think it's continuity. Is nice. So, you know, the Peter Jackson influence from what he has made has carried over into the aesthetics. Um, we see that this is might be mostly about Galadriel, which is great. If you, um, but again, Michael, you don't know who that is. Know, what is so Galadriel? She's the, the, oh, she, the, sorry, the, the life, the, the, the elf, the woman elf that's in that. She's almost like a god. And um, by the time you get to Lord of the Rings, so it's really cool. Oh, is that the one played by uh, Kate Blanchett in the movies? Oh, so this is so far behind that she's young. Yes. Not that Kate Blanchett was old. Right. But I know elves age at a much slower rate, so I'm assuming this takes place. Yeah, like thousands of years, of years before. Ago. Thousands? I think so. I think. I'd have to look up the wiki on that. Um, so I could do that while you expound on what you saw. <laughs> well, like I said, it, it's obvious. Amazon is spared no expense. It looks fantastic. No, I'm not necessarily a fan of uh, the books. I've, but that said, I have never read them, so I can't say that I'm not a fan. It's just I never read them. So, and again, I'm repeating myself for anyone that's listened for listened for any length of time. I saw the first movie. I was curious. I wasn't against it, but at the end, when it got done, I was like, "Well, it was okay." But you know, my friend who had read all the books and was a fan, just like you. I was mm-hmm. like, well, yeah, but if you read the book, you know this and this and this. And then that's the whole argument of I shouldn't have to yeah, read the book. I don't think you really that. need to know that. I think the, that the films, once you watch them all, you don't need to know any of that stuff. It, it all comes around. Like it's all it's all told to you. Like they give you that's enough. Funny. They give you enough in the uh, preamble to understand what you need to know without reading any books to, 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 to enjoy guess, the movies. I guess you have to give it another shot. CGI nowadays that. Yeah. You know, when the Balrog showed up, is that what it's called? The big monster in the first movie? At the end of it? Yeah. Yeah. When it showed up, I'm like, all right, that's a pretty cool CGI monster, but it didn't blow my mind. But for someone that had, you know, read the books and finally gets to see it on screen, I can see why they go like, oh my God. Right. Where I was just like, okay, it's a CGI monster. Every movie has one now. Right. Which it didn't then. Why? I'm trying to find what year doesn't say i can't find anyways um but yes it's it's oh uh the second age let's see i know it's in the second age i knew that but it was doesn't say how long before well all i have to say um i am more inclined to check this out only because uh it's not based on any of the books so that way this is all i i understand that 
you know, he wrote a lot of additional material like the Cimmerillion and other things like that. So I know they're pulling bits and pieces out, but I know this is not set on any, you know, set, set on a set of books, I should say. No, but it's, it's not, it is, it is still based upon the Lord of the Rings in that it's talking about the rings of power, which if you, you understand that from the first, from the fellowship, you'll, they tell you, you know, these rings were made, but everybody was deceived, right? But it was an evil person that made the rings and you'll see, you know, so it all ties together. Right. I know, I know, I know, but I, so I'm not, I'm not necessarily, I'm not disinterested. I'll say that. It looks fantastic. Uh, I might check it out, but I no promises. I mean, I maybe <laughs> after <laughs> Daredevil season three, uh, I think that's going to be our joke every episode about Daredevil no, season three until you watch it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to watch it, and I'll give my reviews here on the uh, podcast because hey, two of my favorite things: Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. Those are the top two for me. So, super excited. All right. Well, I might watch it simply because we're going to be, you're going to be reviewing it. So I might watch it simply for that. And it's Amazon. So, you know, they do them, you know, they might do a chunk at the beginning, but they'll do weekly after. So, yeah, they'll probably do hopefully the first couple episodes, I'm sure. Unless they're, I don't even, I guess they're all going to be an hour long, I would assume, with the money they're spending. It's not 20 minutes. So, yeah, they're not going to be short. Right. Cool. Well, that comes out September 1st or something like that. Is it Labor Day weekend as it comes out? Well, that's September. right before Labor Day weekend. So that's like what a Wednesday or Thursday. Oh, right. Something like that. September something. I don't know. I should be more thorough. Come here for the news. It's uh, September. <laughs> so it's September 2nd. September okay. 2nd is when it's released. There. Confirmed. All right. Well, moving on. Uh, Michael, why don't you take this next one since you posted that? Well, even though they uh, changed the social media a year ago after the uh, what the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier series and announced there was going to be a fourth Captain America movie and they changed everything over to Anthony Mackie on the Captain America social media, we finally now have a director and that is Julius Ona. He is going to be the director of Captain America 4. And I'll add to this, right after they announced that it finally had a director, the film, uh, you know, a lot of buzz went around, you know, oh, is Chris Evans going to come back? Is he going to make a cameo? Blah, blah, blah. And Chris Evans, to his credit, immediately shut it down. Oh, good. And just said, Anthony Mackie is Captain America. That's cool. I love that. You know, obviously, I don't know him personally, but Chris Evans sounds like a pretty stand-up guy. Yeah, he does. So He does, he does, he does. Now... Julius Ona, I don't know much about his work. I know he did the, uh, uh, what was it? The um, He did one of those, mo- oh, shoot. The, the Cloverfield Paradox, which, I, wasn't that the movie they released for free after the Super Bowl a couple years ago? Yeah, it didn't do so well. Yeah, it got lambasted. Now, again, in defense of Julius Ona, my understanding is that was a completely different movie. The rights got bought by Netflix. And they said decided to force to make it part of the uh, Cloverfield franchise. Like the movie was done, and then they bought it, and then tweaked it and re-edited it to make it part of the Cloverfield franchise. So, who knows what the movie would have been had it not been part of that and chopped up? 
So I'm not going to disparage him. Number one, I haven't seen it. But number two, I know that, you know, they changed a lot. You know, it's kind of like the Suicide Squad. The, the, you know, the um, airs, the airs cuts apparently fantastic, rumored. And then, you know, DC came in and chopped it all up to make it, you know, more funny and stuff like that. And you But know, when, is, more, when, is, uh, when is Kevin Feige made a horrendous decision on director? I can't say that he has made horrendous. I mean, you just made my point. Like, I mean, exactly. I mean, I, I, I mean there's I mean, some things like the first Thor. It was all right. I like that movie. I like it. Actually, it's my number two. When we get into the Thor discussion. All right. This is going to be interesting. Maybe um, number one so I, for my other reasons, but we'll get into that later. But that's the, I, I don't want to take away from the directors because obviously, you know, like was we'll talk about in Thor. Taika has his own style. You know, every director has their own style. The Russo brothers did a fantastic job with the four films they did. But we also know that Marvel does micromanage a bit and make sure that things all follow their plan and their blueprint. So, But directors know that going in now. You, you would be an ass director exactly. to say, I'm going to do this and then get pissed off about that. Exactly. So all that to say, yes, the director matters. But the director doesn't matter as much when it's a Marvel film. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, Again, it matters. I've seen the guys work, so I can't dish him. I can't diss him. It matters, but it's a team. Like that's a different thing. Exactly. If, the, if this person wanted to make their own film and do their own thing, that's a different conversation. But this is a part of a system. Marvel does find a way to let them have their voice because clearly Multiverse of Madness had Sam Raimi all over it. But it didn't change. Oh the, yeah, it didn't. It didn't change the Marvel feel. Correct. Same with the Thor movie. Any movie. So. So, anyways, that's. I'm just glad they're making the film. Like I want to see it. I'm glad it goes to the big screen and not just a Disney Plus or something. So, oh yeah, I'm all, I'm all for it. I I I like the Mackie version of Captain America. The funny thing is, just through like, what's I happening like now. What's happening now in the, in the Marvel universe is I have no idea how Captain America fits in on any of this stuff because I don't know where it's going. Right. With with God, like, to me, it's a mess. Marvel's a mess right now, but we'll get into that later. All right, and then Michael, you talked about San Diego Comic Con next week. You're going, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Back in my bags. I wish. <laughs> I wish. No, I, I would like to go at some point. It's but I've been saying that for twenty years now. Me too. I mean, it looks so awesome, but finding a hotel sounds like a huge pain in the ass when they're all gone within two minutes. I've never been to and Chicago's, then, and it's got to be a hell of a lot bigger than what what I've ever been to, which is basically Grand Rapids and Motor City. So I used to go to the Chicago. It used to be called Wizard World Chicago, and I think they saw around sixty, seventy thousand people on a weekend. That's a lot. So it is a lot. So not quite as big as uh, San Diego. It was the second largest. Now, that said, um, eventually all the big names like Marvel and DC pulled out. So it got smaller and it was more about the vendors selling their wares. But, you know, I used to go and Marvel was there and DC was there. I, I met so many creators. And then afterward, we'd hang out in the hotel bars and basically rub elbows with all these creators. And I had a friend that worked at dark horse. 
so he knew some of them. So he'd be like, oh, you want to meet so-and-so? And, -so? and we, I'd meet him. And I get it. Comic book creators are like the one of the lowest rungs of celebrity. But to me, they were still in a form of celebrity. Right. So I always enjoyed going. I'd love to go to Comic-Con in, in San Diego. But it's hard to justify the expense, you know, flying there, um, you know, finding a hotel for however many nights you're going to go. Because, you know, it used to be. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Now Thursday, right. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Now it's Wednesday's preview night, isn't it? Or something? I don't know. It's just, it's a big to do. And then when I went to Chicago, it was nice because I would drive because it's only what three ish hours from here. Yep. And, and when I went, now it's what? It's called C2E2 now? Well, there's that. That is a different convention. I think that is now bigger because I think Wizard World collapsed. Got it. I want to say those are all gone. Um, but yeah, C2E2 is one I'd like to hit at some point too, but I think that's always around spring break for us. It's so August like, uh, 5th through 7th. Oh, well, then not spring break this time. Nope. Um, but the thing about Chicago was I had friends that lived in Chicago, at least a couple, a few sets of friends. So I could always crash at their place, go to the, you know, take the uh, L to the con because it was out, you know, on in Rosemont. Right. Um, and then I could buy tons of stuff, which I did. I would buy, you know, handfuls of graphic novels or whatever, and I could bring them back to wherever I was staying and, you know, eventually drive home with all these comics and whatnot or, you know, action figures, whatever I bought. But I'd buy handfuls of stuff usually each day. If I went to San Diego, like, what am I going to do with all that? I'm going to have to ship it all back. Can't bring all that on the flight with me. So No. <laughs> no, you can't. Anyway, I still like to go. I've been talking too much, but it is this coming week. Bunch of rumors too already, because that's what happens. Someone rumored. Uh, I saw a rumor that Spielberg was going to direct a Marvel film, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, that's bullshit. There's no way. I would never say no way. I mean, if it's something interesting that that um, he wanted, why wouldn't he? I mean, what if he hit, what if he grew up with a favorite character and. You know, never know. What if, let's say Fantastic Four was the first comic book he read and he loved it that much. That oh, would God. be cool. Well, now, now you got me going down that hole. Like, oh man, it would be pretty sweet to see Spielberg do a Fantastic Four movie. I mean, right? if he can't make it work, no one can, right? Right. I mean, that would be a, a perfect fit, if you ask me. My my worst fear is that J.J. J. J. Abrams directs a Marvel nah, film. I don't think he'll get involved in that. I know. I don't think he he's wants got to take that on major Yeah. He's got that contract with Warner brother. He's, he's, he's stuck over there for a while. Yeah. He's got Superman to make, right? Isn't that what he said they were doing? Yes. Yeah. So your favorite. <laughs> all right. Well, let's, we got a lot to talk about. So let's get into our geek this week. Uh, for me, it's all about all for, um, all for mankind, for all mankind. Sorry. Not all for mankind. for all my, my Yoda speak. Um, Man, this is a good show. Really, really good show. Um, starting season two, it jumped into the 80s. Uh, again, alternate uh, timeline. Um, so it's, I guess you could call this true science fiction. It's not fantasy, right? It's just a timeline right. change in uh, uh, technology is moving a little bit quicker. There's already electric cars because of the space race never slowed down. Um, basically, that's the question it asks. What if the space race didn't slow down? What if we were had a lot of competitors? Um, 
in in the fight for territory of moon territory and this and that. Um, so things escalated technology wise. So, but behind that, that's still there's still drama of people on the show that's really good and other issues that that happen. Um, so again, I would totally recommend this. And Michael, you since you're a science fiction guy, but you don't have Apple I Plus am. though, so I do um, have Apple Plus. Oh, you do? I think I still have it. Yeah. Oh, then you should watch it if you get a chance. If I'll you have bored, yeah. Which with I'll all the free it. time. Exactly, with all my free time. So that's my geek this week. That's that's what I've been doing in between here and there. Well, How about speaking you? of my free time or lack thereof, I fill my free time. Uh, I'm reading a novel. So I think I mentioned this last week, The Glass House, which is not any way, shape, or form sci-fi as far as I know. And it's but not it's the by Billy Emily Joel St. Album. John. What's that? It's not the Billy Joel album. It is not. It is not. It's um, it's by author Emily St. John Mandel, who did write the sci-fi books Sea of Tranquility and Station Eleven. I'm loving it. I basically decided that I like her style of prose. So she could write about anything. So even though this is not a geeky sci-fi type book, I'm into it. I like it. It's all about the characters for me, and I'm I'm fully invested in these characters. Um, and also read Kaiju number or the name of the book is a manga called Kaiju number eight. So I read volume two. Uh, that showed up a week or so ago, and I read that. Love it. It's about a guy who is on a cleanup crew for kaiju. So when they're they're destroyed, he goes through and helps clean them up. But then uh, an accident happens that exposes him to something. It's kind of like the Hulk. He gets exposed to something, and now he's a kaiju, and he's hiding it because he's trying to join the um, kaiju assault team. It's very manga. It's very Japanese, but it's fun, and there's monsters and explosions and blah, blah, blah. I'll be reading volume three this week. It just showed up today or yesterday, I should say. Um, it's a fun manga, manga, sorry. Um, and it's being, it's being slowly translated and released in the U.S. I think the fourth volume comes out in October. So as they come out, I buy them and read them. And then uh, I started, I, I bought this game some time ago for the Switch Lite. I think for $15. Immortal Phoenix Rising. Immortal. You bought it for 15 uh, This was on Prime? No, no, no. This was this was some time ago I bought it when it went on sale. I'd heard good things about it, and I grabbed it, and I just never played it. I, I booted it up, and it said, oh, you need a Ubisoft account. And I was like, I don't have time for that. It took oh, two yeah. minutes, but I didn't uh, have time for that. Yeah, doesn't it? Like, is that an online play thing? You can, like, different... You don't play with other people necessarily, um, but like no, it's like um, World of Warcraft, whatever. You don't have to play with other uh, people. You can of, have your own. You can have your own thing. No, you don't play against anyone else. Like you don't go into other people and interact with other people. As far as I can see, um, it's kind of like um, people have described it as a cheap version of uh, Zelda. I think what Breath of the Wind or whatever that's called. Oh, Zelda gotcha. Or, Breath of the Wild. Um, Breath of the Wild, thank you. Um, uh, it's basically you're this guy, and he's trying to uh, restore the uh, Greek gods. There's a problem. But it's very tongue-in-cheek. Zeus is very – it's funny. Like, it's irreverent. Uh, but I'm enjoying it. So I've put a few hours into it. All I can say already, it's worth the $15 I paid for it. So I've been playing that. And then last but not least, it was Prime – day this week and michael's and honestly i didn't i didn't what no i'm not broke broke. (laughs) 
I did buy another Echo. Uh, the the sphere is like this. It looks like the size of a half size soccer ball. Nice. I bought that only because I wanted to put another Echo in one of the rooms in our house. So I was like, well, might as well upgrade that one. So I bought it. It sounds great. But I, I bought some other stupid stuff. I think I bought a, a smart light and a smart plug that I don't necessarily need. And I'll find a use for them. But uh, most of what I bought uh, was some more manga. They had a sale on certain manga, uh, both uh, Kaiju Number 8 and um, Chainsaw Man. They were like, buy one, get one 50% off. So I bought a bunch of manga. It'll be here next week. And that is my geek this week. Cool. Hey, if you want to help out the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash kybercast, where you can uh, give a little help to the show and keep it going all year long um, with three different tiers. Um, so if it's something you're interested in and want to help out the show in a monetary way, check it out at patreon.com slash kybercast. righty, let's get to our main. We've got a lot to talk about. There's two. It's a, sort of a Marvel main this week since we've kind of put them off. And I know we've got Stranger Things to talk about. We've got The Boys. I don't know if Michael's finished either one of those yet. Um, have you? I've made much more progress on The Boys than Stranger Things, so maybe we should do that next. Okay, so we'll catch up. I can up finish to, that up in time. Cool for next week. <clears throat> but um, let's jump right into uh, what do you want to do first? What do you want to do first, Michael? Oh man, uh, let's go Thor. I think we have more to say about Thor. I want to make sure we give it its proper due. All right, great. So Thor: Love and Thunder. Michael and I both happened to see it, uh, which worked out. Uh, we didn't see it together, but. Uh, we saw it within, I think, probably a day of each other or something like that um, as to when it came out. Uh, you know, I look, I'm probably going to sound more negative than I want to be on this uh, uh, episode <laughs> because I, I did enjoy the film. It was it was good. And I think everybody should go see it. But I had a lot more problems with this one than I than I did with, you know, to me, at the end of the day, Ragnarok is infinitely better than this film. Um, personally. It, uh, and it's nothing against Taika Waititi. I like the, I, it, it's not just um, the humor, which I'm, I love his humor. Um, I think there's too much of it in in this film. Um, I think it, it would have been it would have served itself a little better if it was more like sixty forty humor rather than eighty twenty was, which is what I believe we got. Like I think it was eighty percent humor, twenty percent you know story. Um, and if you like that, and I, I think that's where the schism is in the Marvel universe. Like there's people that are pretty upset at this film. I'm not. I mean, I like Taika Waititi, but you have to like this kind of humor to like any of it. And if you don't like his humor, you're not going to like the movie. Would you say that's a proper assessment? Yeah. If you liked Ragnarok, you're probably going to like this. And I'm not saying it's equal to Ragnarok. I agree with you in that of the four Thor movies we have now, Ragnarok is by far hands above the best. Yeah, so I I so, rank I rank my Thor's. You know, it's hard because when I it, to me I, it goes a little bit against what I, if you don't have the original one then the rest doesn't matter. Um, so like it's basically one two Thor Ragnarok and Thor. I, sometimes I'll switch them back and forth. They're my one and two. Doesn't matter what order they're in. And three is this one. So, I, I would say for me. I know you like to say, you know, if you didn't have the first one, you know, you can't have the rest. I, you know me, I'm the opposite, not necessarily the opposite. Sometimes the first movie is the best movie. But for me, 
my ranking is number one is by far Thor Ragnarok. Um, I don't think this is quite as distant as a second as you put it to Ragnarok, but I my second would be Love and Thunder. Third would be Thor, and then fourth would be The Dark World because that's yeah, always going to be the worst Thor movie. This this script was not good. I have no problem with the script. Well, if he had one, it would be great. I liked it. I see. I I I, I agree. There are some issues with the script. There's a lot. I, I, There's a lot of conveniences in this movie. Like way too many conveniences for his writing for the writing which he did not do in in Ragnarok. It was very clean writing in Ragnarok. But I think they can be explained away for the most part. The biggest really? ones. Yeah. You can explain away. Well, I guess we'll get into that. Um. But overall, look, this is a fun movie. I had a blast. There's there's uh, maybe there's some things that people didn't like about it. I liked um, Love the Kids. Like that was funny to me. It was good. Um, and for those that don't know, um, Love, I guess, would be her name at the end of this movie. <laughs> Again, spoilers. Yes. You know, uh, That's actually Chris Hemsworth's daughter in real yeah, life. I love that. Which is great because she did a great job. Um, but, uh, you know. I, I just think there's just way too many conveniences in this movie to, um, I think it hurts it a lot, but, uh, we can get into some of that, but right off the bat, I'll say my first, my first criticism, why even have the guardians in there? That was a waste of time. So like, so they go around everywhere and they can't beat up people. So just Thor just does, just takes them all out at once. And that's it. Their convenience. Like, to me, it was a complete waste of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and it was they were they were sidestepped, and it felt like it was just rushed, and they were a gag, and like get them out of the film as quickly as possible. So Which, I, I I did not like that beginning, the opening at all. I agree with you in that. Yeah, you're right. It makes them it makes them ineffective because we know. I mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy helped save the universe, but here they are. They can't do anything until Thor decides to get off his ass and give him a hand. Come on. Yeah, to like, I agree owl, on like bird people. Like, what, I mean, I don't know what it was. Okay, but. I like I like I like the bird or owl people, whatever. They, I thought they were funny. They were funny, I liked, but I just I just didn't like like I like the Guardians of the Galaxy, and I was just like, let's just rush through this. It just didn't. It just seemed like you could have you could have written something more poignant for that group to to get become in and out, and why they should separate, and it just wasn't there. Oh yeah, of of my criticisms, this is one of them as well. It's funny because we just did this recently where yeah. I think you thought I was going to destroy something and it turned out we were actually on the same page, but just came from it at different sides. And I think right. the same thing here with Thor in that I a hundred percent agree. One of my criticisms is that I wish this was the fifth Thor movie. I wanted to see their adventures together. If, it would have been cool. If I had you know, the power to do so, I would have liked to have seen, which I get, James Gunn. There was that whole controversy and making, you know, he was fired from Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and then rehired a year later, but that pushed everything way back. And I realized that Disney did not want to piss off James Gunn by doing a movie in between where his story goes. But personally, as a fan, I wanted to see a as Guardians of the Galaxy movie that combines the two franchises. And I want to see the adventures they had together. So that, not this quick recap snippet that he's been with them and he was fat and then he worked out and he's been having a good time. And, but he's been with them an indeterminate amount of time, blah, 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 blah. I want to see their adventures. 
So yeah, I agree with you in that that is a criticism because when we do see them, they're in it for five minutes and it's like, really, you got all these people and paid them all this money and put them through all this makeup for basically hand wave them out of the franchise. They're gone. Which I get in that, like I said, it's a criticism, but I get it in the fact that this is a Thor movie. It's not a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Okay. But I also get Marvel slash DC, not Marvel slash Disney is not going to piss off James Gunn. He's going to tell his story. So they couldn't do anything with the Guardians. Maybe they could have. If they talked to James maybe, Gunn. Maybe they could have, but, <laughs> you know, this was already going, they're already rolling this out, you know, working on it. They had the story was filmed. I didn't know there's reshoots and whatnot, but James Gunn was still writing his script probably while this was in production. So. Yeah, but I my expectations are higher. Like when you make Ragnarok and you're the same director, you know, good, bad, or indifferent to um, Taika, I expected more because I believed in it. You know what I mean? Like. Your expectations raise when you when you do well, and you get a second shot. You expect better, and um, I we didn't get better than Ragnarok. No, we didn't. I, you I, know, I'm so so that it. that's that's where I'm coming from. Um, like when I first saw Ragnarok, I had zero expectations, so it's not fair. But uh, overall, I believe that the reason that Ragnarok was better is because yes, it was funny, but there was also the right amount of drama and and stakes at play. Where, I agree. Were, were made it better, and and that's what was missing here. Um, then you had well, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I'm, I want to get into gore, so I don't know if we want to finish this segment uh, of, of where we're at um, well, with the I mean, Guardians. The thing about Taika is he's great. I mean, yes, there's humor. There's you know life has humor, but it also has drama, and we saw that in this, and we saw this in in Ragnarok. Um, but it's about the interpersonal, you know, relationships and the characters and how they bounce off each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw a lot of that in Ragnarok with just Thor and Loki. And that's great. I mean, that's, I get that Loki's been in every Thor movie, but this one. Right. Well, he, he can't be in this one because he's, they, for all they know, he's dead. So you can't put him in this one. Exactly. We know the variants out there, but right. he's not the original Loki. He's a little busy right now. He is. Well, you got to remember that Loki too, the, you know, the variant, you know, for him, his relationship with Thor ended, you know, right after um, the Avengers film. So he did not have the bonding they had in the dark world or in Ragnarok. Right. Or, you know, the death that, you know, Loki kind of came around and became a hero by the end of Ragnarok. And then he dies in the first few minutes of uh, um, Infinity War. So. Different Loki. So instead, we have to deal more with the relationship he has with Jane, who, while it was I, it was nice to see how they broke up and it made it real, Natalie Portman comes into this movie, and here's my other criticism, just to die. Yep. And she was good, though. I mean, I, she I, I like great. I liked the character. I mean, it was good. I mean, um, but boy, Thor never catches a break, right? Like everybody around him dies. <laughs> yeah. Literally, literally, like his whole, <laughs> uh, I guess, Midgard and everything, or Asgard, well, all gone. So he's, yeah, the princess, so, yeah. he's the princess Leia of, uh, <laughs> of the Marvel universe. 
<laughs> well, yeah. I mean, lastly, especially the last few films he's been in. So last one, uh, Odin dies. And then he has to kill his sister. Yeah. And then in between, in the you know, in the Avengers films, Loki dies. And his planet. His planet is destroyed. All of his people, basically. He's got like 20 people then, left. Well, yeah. And then obviously with uh, Infinity War, the few that are left, half of them die <laughs> when Thanos snaps his fingers. Right. And then this movie. Oh, I get to be, oh, I'm on the, the woman I finally can admit is the love of my life dies. But she does go to Valhalla where we see, you know, Heimdall. Heimdall. So what does that mean? Is this just another realm? Is it just one ring higher? Is it like Scientology? What is it? <laughs> it is the afterlife for, but remember they said the realm of the gods. So that, that right. does open it up to interpretation. Does that mean they're actually dead, dead? Just mostly dead. <laughs> Mo to blaze. <laughs> um, I will say this. So I was bummed that they brought Natalie Portman back, who was jacked, by the way. Holy cow. She's uh, like, what? I think she's 40, 41 now. So 40 ish. And man, she was jacked. I mean, she's not. Chris Hemsworth jacked. Holy cow, was he huge in this film? Well, it wasn't like she started with a horrible palate. No, no, not <laughs> yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. But there are scenes where she turns and she's holding the hammer. I'm like, Jesus, look at those guns. Yeah, it was good. She was good. Legs, the, like, I think for those worried about the Jane character screwing up Thor, I think it was done really well. A hundred percent. But I, I admit, as a fan of the comics, I was half expecting Thor to, or the Hemsworth Thor to bow out in this film in some way, you know, maybe not forever. Oh, is that how the comic goes? He's gone for a while. Yeah. He he goes on his like, maybe because even when the movie started, he's, you know, he's trying to figure out who he is. Right. And I thought, Oh, he's going to end this movie on some kind of soul search. He's been doing that since the first Thor movie. That that's a little bit of the problem of all of it. How many times he's got to figure out who he is. Well, to be fair, he is, you know, over a thousand years old and obviously it takes a little bit longer because he was a, he was a, he was a bro. He was a, he was a frat bro in the first Thor, right? Yeah, but it changed at the end. Like he went through yes. that already, that growth experience. I know, but he's, people don't stop growing. No, I know. But to be, have that much of an identity it? crisis is a little weird at this point in time. Well, he but has I get had it. a lot of death. We did cover it. Depression's one thing. Um, so yeah. True, true. Um, so, yeah, I was convinced that he was going to kind of, you know, when the movie started, I was like, oh, he, this is going to end. He's going to find some way to soul search and Jane's going to become Thor. And then, you know, when it was clear that, you know, uh, her cancer was not going away, I was like, oh, he's going to get the wish and he's going to wish the cancer away. Totally wrong on all this, by the way. Well, I've got, that's a, that's a huge hole that we'll get into that too. That's another problem, huge problem with the entire universe. Um. So, uh, the, the hammer, Molnir, it just comes together. That's just out of nowhere. Help me understand that too. What do you mean? Uh, it, if you looked, it was on the exact ground where it had fallen in, in Ragnarok, and they just put a bubble around it. And yeah, yeah, I'm fine. It, still, so it just came. It just came. That? Just it just decided to rebuild itself. That's it. 
Well, they kind of retconned so, that when they showed Thor talk to it and said, always protect her. No, 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 and, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. If it could rebuild itself, why didn't it rebuild itself for Thor? In Endgame, uh, in Infinity. Like, help me understand. I don't understand. No, I get that. Why, why didn't it just come back together then? Yeah. That's a good question. Because um, it's bad writing. <laughs> That's why. Look at everything you've made. It's a, it's a convenient writing. Like, if it's going to come back together, have a reason. Not just Jane. Like, the world and everything was at stake of, of planets around the universe, of half the people dying. And it didn't come back for that, but it comes back for some cancer-ridden 40-year-old woman. That's that's well, not right. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but Mjolnir was a MacGuffin in the last film, and it's a MacGuffin in this film. In Ragnarok, it was a MacGuffin because the whole point of it being destroyed was for Thor to realize that it was just a focus for his powers. Which was great it. writing. That's why it was good. Like it you was. had, And it showed the power of his sister, and it scared the shit out of everybody. Like, oh my God. You know, that was a great reason for destroying it. This was not the reason for coming together. There should have been a different kind of reason. Wasn't strong enough is what I'm saying. When you when you set up the table, put good food on it, and you didn't do that. That was just like well, here's, conven- it was another piece of convenience in this film that is full of conveniences and no explanation. I would say it would have been stronger that it went out and called out to Jane and let her take it. If he had never built Stormbreaker, which, because remember, we just said it, Ragnarok was about him discovering he didn't need Mjolnir. It was just the focus of his powers. This power was always, the power was always within himself. Are you the God of Hammers? And that was great in Ragnarok, but when they bring him over for the Avengers Infinity War and Endgame, he goes off, well, he goes off in um, Infinity War and immediately builds a new weapon. Right. Which, to be fair, Taika wrote Ragnarok. The Russo brothers wrote um, Endgame. Not Endgame. Infinity War. Both. So, what's well, yeah, well, they wrote both. But Infinity War is where he goes and builds right. Stormbreaker. Which, I get they threw him out into space to do something, whatever. But you could call that a criticism of Infinity War. That Thor didn't need to do that. He he didn't need it for his power. But it's canon now. He has it. it's it badass looking. It's cool. Well, I like so I it. liked the the um, love triangle between Molnir, you know, Stormbreaker and Thor. That that's funny. That was good. It was hilarious. I mean, I like that part. So I'm not gonna like. I'm not upset that the hammer's there. I'm upset at like you just made it so. Like you know what what did it? You know, could there there could have found a different way to 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 make those pieces come together? Because why wouldn't it do it for Thor? Like, why wouldn't it have done that if it's got that much thought or, you know what I mean? It's just, it was, it's well, bad. again, it's not the strongest of our arguments, but we do know that Odin had a strong control over uh, Mjolnir because he could tell it what to do. And that's why in Thor, he basically says, you know, Thor can't have this back until he's worthy. Not that he wasn't worthy at the end of Ragnarok, but, you know. Again, the point of Ragnarok. Was well, he's still worthy because he picked it up. I understand, but what I'm saying is, at the end of Ragnarok, you know, the death of Odin, it may have, you know, the point was him discovering he didn't need Mjolnir for his power. So maybe now that we know they're somewhat sentient, maybe Mjolnir didn't go to him because it knew he needed to find that <clears> out to beat 
Ella. Again, not the strongest argument. I get that it can be a little bit flimsy there. But now that we also know that they're somewhat sentient, maybe Mjolnir's like, he needs to go find himself first. Yeah. We'll see. I, I had a problem. Anyways, <clears throat> moving on. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying. Uh, let's get into gore. Christian Bale. Awesome. He was great. 100%. Wouldn't it be great? Christian. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll say, no, wouldn't it be great if they actually used his character throughout the movie? That would have been fucking awesome. I would have liked to have seen more of. A lot more. You know, what's what's his name? Gore the God Butcher. How many did he butcher? That we saw on screen? Yeah. Not many. One. Exactly. One. So you, saw, you, you had this terrifying character that if you would have built him up through the end, it would have made the end so much scarier and more levity. Like it would have been a much more formidable, like his sister was formidable, right? They should have had him gone into realms and kill some pretty heavy weighted gods throughout the movie, not just talk about it. Right. Cause we only saw like on the screens, some carnage mm-hmm. and that we knew he was killing gods. And then there was rumors and word right. was spreading that he was killing gods. But yeah, we see him kill that first sun God, which was a, you know, didn't seem like a very tough person anyways, but I wanted him to fight some, somebody, maybe a few that we knew, you know, I don't know. That would have been interesting to like, right. holy crap. Like how's Thor going to beat this guy? Cause he's killing gods left and right. And he's, he's very cool. Like it was a cool character and Bale did great, but like, that's a huge miss. Like you setting up a finale where there's, where he has children and then, but you don't really know how scary he is because you never felt the weight of him. You just, because you know Thor is going to win. It's a movie, right? That's the way comic books right. go. So, but like, you got to make it feel a little bit like there's a someone to beat. And it just never, he never got what he needed, in my opinion. Very poor uh, rising of a villain. The, his reason for being is fantastic. Agreed. Agreed. But it does put the Marvel universe in an interesting place because when we first meet the Asgardians, we realize, okay, they're not really gods. They're just space aliens that, you know, it's been said many times before, anyone with advanced technology appears to be a God. It's like, you know, when the conquistadors showed up in uh, North America with their, you know, thunder sticks and all that, you know, the natives and indigenous people there were like, these guys are gods. Look at their technology. Right. Same thing in the Asgardians. But now, They've shifted to, you know, the gods, you know, with Zeus and whatnot saying, you know, we need more people to worship us because that's where we get our power. Well, wait, so are they gods? I mean, I just assumed all the quote unquote gods were just aliens with advanced technology. Like the Asgardians. Yeah, that's a tough call. Now but I'm that's, like, I think there was always some form of God to them though, because that's what. Um, oh, I don't get me wrong. I, I, I get ego, uh, right. not ego from. Guardians of the Galaxy, but I get ego right. and I can get how an alien being would want to be worshipped by a race right. and act as a god. Right? But I don't know. I, uh, I I agree. I think they could have done more, but the problem is because Marvel had already kind of established that the Asgardians were not actual gods, that they're just aliens, and then they killed off <laughs> Heimdall and the uh, Warriors 3, and we hadn't seen Sif in right. the last. Like, what other quote-unquote Marvel gods did they have that they could have shown to get murdered? Oh, it didn't have to be, well, uh, realms that we didn't know. You know, Vishnu, that's fine. whatever, I, I, I don't know. Right, but I think that's what they did in the screens. 
Because like I, I, I think what they thought was, you know what, we could take the time and it's going to take 10, 15 minutes of extra story, which I agree would have been useful, but I think they looked at it. wasn't a long movie. Like, they could have. They, you, no, you I could, know, but yeah. I I can see from a director's standpoint, like we can film that 10, 15 minutes of scene, but it's going to be a diversion from the main story. And you could show introduce... it. In, you can show it in three minutes, like just kill some giant guy. But like, still, I, I get, you, I get, I get why they made the choices they made because they're just going to take all this time to introduce a new guy we don't know just to kill him off in those minutes where we can just do the same thing in you know these discussions about rumors and showing in the screens all the horror going on with I but I agree with you I would have liked to have seen that but I I see why they made the decision they made yeah but it wasn't a good one um because it hurts the film uh I would love an expanded version that has all that but I I will say this I know we're talking about criticisms um but I thought the movie was tight in that at no point did it really let off off the gas. No, I I, I agree with you. And I get, I give that a negative. It oh, was, it was, it felt rushed. Like the, the pacing was rushed. You didn't get, you didn't get to stop and breathe like you do in Ragnarok. Like you need to breathe in all movies to give you some levity, to give you some time to, to bond with a character and, 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 and get those things after a defeat or whatever. Um, it just keeps going, you know, it's going, 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 yeah. going. And, and that's not always good. Like the action's good. Like the things that it's getting criticized for, like the goats and things like that, I have no criticism for it. They're funny. It's great. They're in, they're in mythology. Like, you know, yeah, I love the goats. I admit, like, cause I admit when they first showed up and they wouldn't shut up, I was like, all right, is this going to happen the whole movie? Yes, but then it, it is. <laughs> but then it, it shows up again Yeah, when you're not expecting it. Right. Um, and it made me laugh. I love like that kind of wacky stuff. That doesn't bother me at all. What no. bothers me is, is when you're writing, you know, when you're conveniences and, you know, it felt rushed. I thought the pacing was off. Maybe it's in editing. I don't know the, but the pacing's too fast. It's like, you can't, you got to breathe a little bit and it didn't do that. Um, so, you know, that's part of it. And I think, let's see, uh, one of the other things too, is like, okay, let's get into Zeus. And so Zeus, you know, he, he, uh, to me, it was a little too easy to be beaten by Thor or maybe he didn't see it coming, but then all of a sudden Thor knows how to use this thunderbolt, um, another God's weapon. And then it can turn into the Bifrost. Then he can use, you know, the lightning bolt to change all the kids and give all the kids Thor's power, like as if it were Molnir or Stormbreaker. Um, I don't know that, that to me, that's just lazy writing. That's just very convenient and, and wrong. Like it just just didn't feel right. It is convenient, but I don't know. I, I guess I didn't have as big a problem with it. I'm not saying any of your criticisms are wrong. I see exactly where you're coming from. Um, this yeah, doesn't this doesn't make like, me not enjoy the. It makes me it makes the film a B rather than an A. All right, I I'd go far as B plus, um, but no. When it comes down to it, yeah, your your criticisms are all valid. I don't disagree with them. I don't think they were as big as an issue for me. I just, at the end of the day, I was highly entertained. It's not Ragnarok, but it's in the same vein. I think, I think what they did was, okay, Ragnarok was such a surprise because let's face it, after the Dark World, they could have done just about anything with Thor. Right. And then they give it to Taika and he completely does something totally different and people loved it. And I think, Thor Love and Thunder was noted to death in that everything that you liked in Ragnarok, well, we're going to give you more of that, you know, 
and it was enjoyable. Um, I, like I said, I sat through it. I enjoyed it. When I got done, I said, I loved it. And I did love it. But yes, there are things, uh, everything you've mentioned, I would have liked to see more with Jane. That said, uh, I don't know. Do you think Jane's dead, dead? Um, probably because she doesn't want to do any more of them. Be my guess. Oh, she said so. Well, I'm, I don't know, but I'll be my guess that she doesn't, but who knows? Because though Jane was the mighty Thor for quite a while in the comics, at least a good couple, three years. And obviously they're not going to do all those stories in the comics. Yes. Jane also succumbed to her cancer, died, went to Valhalla and decided, no, this isn't for me. I shouldn't be here and comes back as Valkyrie and continues to fight on earth. So she comes back. So there Could is happen. that door open for Portman to come back as Valkyrie. Nobody ever really in dies in, in comics, right? They always come back in some weird way. Um, Except for uncle Ben. Yeah. Except for uncle Ben. Um, it used to be uncle Ben and Bucky, but that changed. <laughs> Uh, Korg was good, you know, the more, more comic relief. Um, did you think there was too much Korg? Probably. Well, I liked him as the narrator. So yeah, see, so I've seen some criticisms where people like there's a fair amount of telling instead of showing. Um, and the part of that was from Korg, but I like the narrator piece cause it, you know, it did jump things ahead instead of, it made the movie shorter, which again, there are pros and cons to that. I yeah, agree with you on many things that they could have made the film deeper, if you will. They should have. But they, I, another I like one one big criticism I have, too, is I don't like how they do it Asgard on Earth. Like these people lost their homes. They're a race. They're, they're, and, they, and they turned it into a joke. That shouldn't have been a joke. Like there's a lot of things to have a joke, but like to have it like Disneyland and like I just I, I think that's a horrible way to treat a culture. Um, just because it's comic book culture doesn't mean it's any less than Wakanda. You know, I thought it'd be more like that, like a hidden realm, you know, where they're, where they're, they're surviving on this planet, but not necessarily known to earthlings and not turn it into Disneyland and, and make a joke of Asgard. Like, I just don't like that. Whether it's funny or not, people like it. I just don't like it. Period. Full see, stop. I didn't see it that way. I, under Thor's kingship, if you will. You know, when he was in depression and he got a fat Thor and was just playing video games and drinking all day, he wasn't really leaving Asgard and they were just a fishing village and they were barely getting by. Then he makes Valkyrie the king and you can see she's bored with it and she would rather be out there fighting and doing, you know, Valkyrie type things. Um, but I saw it as not so much a Disneyfication of it, but this we need to make money you know we need to earn our keep in some way she performs so why not like cruise ships show up yes there's all the touristy stuff too but let's take advantage of the fact that we are you know instead of being a you know refugees that are just need need help 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 and we're not supplying anything if we become a you know tourist destination for cruise ships and stuff i mean let's bank on that People are going to show up anyway. They're going to be curious, so let's make money off that. I I saw that. Yeah, I thought it made it was, sense. I, I just didn't like it. Um, then the biggest plot hole of the universe. 
So we've got this eternity thing that can answer a wish, right? Thor knew about this place. Did anybody think about this before going back in time and losing Nat and in the end game and just go to this eternity person and, and get a wish? I wish wish the snaps away. Well, Thor immediately said, I thought that was a a myth. Still thought about it, still in his head. Wouldn't you try every angle? But I mean, I don't know. It's still there. I. It's still there. But if he grew up thinking it was a myth, and there was no reason. No, but to it's still there it now. Be true. Like, how many people are going to go to this thing? Yeah, but it grants a wish to the first person to get there. So, will it still grant wishes? I don't know. Or was that it? Was it the one wish used? Is done. Maybe. It just. It just. That's just a, a convenience again. Yeah, but like I said, if you thought it was a myth, I mean. There are all kinds of things I find think are myths. Yeah. I would never like. Thor's a myth, in and of himself. I understand, but he's out. But like I said, they've explained it that they're basically aliens with great technology. Yeah, I know. But to me, it's a it's a problem. It's still a hole. It's an it's a convenience that they had too many of. And I don't see it as a problem because yeah. to him it was a myth. Well, other than those four or five items that I had with the movie. <clears throat> Again, I didn't want to come across too negative, which I probably did, but I'm being critical of writing and, and that kind of stuff. Not, you know, we had fun. I laughed. It's a good movie. Go see it. It's a B in my opinion. Um, and I, you know, I, Michael will disagree with me on this, but I thought Shang-Chi was way better film than this one as well. Oh, in terms of, in terms of, in terms of my Marvel movies this year, Shang-Chi is still number one for me. Oh, no, this is by far my favorite Marvel movie this year. Yeah, so that's where our, our differences are. Um, yeah. Is, is that, so. Um, but we can all agree Eternals is not the best one of the year. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, you know, but it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, but we've, uh, we came, we, but our expectations were beaten down by the time we saw it. That is true. We waited but, until. Like, if we were at the theater when it first came out, like Thor, I probably would have come out and said, what the fuck? <laughs> So you know, I, I agree with you on that. I so. agree with you on that. All right, let's. We're we're running. Well, we're not super gotta, long, gotta, but yeah, go ahead. I gotta amend what I just said real quick. Uh, this was not the best Thor or the best Marvel movie I saw this year. I am an idiot. That would be Spider Man. That's my number two. But yeah, even even behind Shang Chi. Yeah, I just like the originality of Shang Chi. I just really liked it. It just it was. Um, I liked all the characters. I liked the. The, the way it starts small and ends up giant and then comes back to like, how could you believe that with your talking to your friends at a bar? Like, how would you believe all this nonsense? Well, you know, it's kind of like as you're watching it, I don't believe this, but it kind of pulls you back in. Um, I just thought the writing was tight. I thought that it's, it's, it's a great way of opening a realm. Like all these realms are being opened, um, which I guess that's the theme of where, where four is going. Um, this didn't, well, I guess, the Thor, the Thor, this movie didn't tie into as much as I thought it would but to what's happening, but maybe it is around the gods. I don't know yet, but for, well, for Thor. There's one, one more thing I want to say about Thor, but we'll get to that. But we were talking about Shang-Chi, so let's kind of, maybe we can segue that, because it seems after watching the entire first season of Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. that Shang-Chi is very connected to that show. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, 100%. I... Unless I may see differently, at this point, I am convinced um, the gauntlet she's wearing is a 
the other gauntlet, they say the other gauntlet is the 10 rings. Right. That's my, that's the way I look at it. It looks like similar power. I, I mean, well, well, I don't know if it's similar power, but power of the same nature. I mean, Shang-Chi yes. doesn't use, doesn't make uh, jewels or whatever that, whatever you call I it. I would so. not be surprised if, yes, the 10 rings is just her gauntlet that comes apart the other yep. side. Yeah, it could be. So, Miss Marvel, the whole series is out, all six episodes. What did you think? I, I liked the first part of it, and then it kind of dipped a bit. And then I don't know if it ended. The The first three were better than the, the last three episodes. Um, but I thought it was a really good show uh, all the way through. Like, it's, I mean, I like the characters. I liked, I liked a lot of the um, family dynamic stuff. I loved learning about new culture. Yep. Uh, which, which is why I like Shang-Chi a lot too. I guess it's a new, you know, it's not from, it's not, you know, the, the typical, uh, white gods of Zeus and Thor, like things that, you know, you've heard since a kid, but like, right, I don't know right. much about Pakistani culture at all. Um, so it was really nice to see family and different culture that, you know, pretty much everybody are basically the same. You want good things for your family. Um, so I really enjoyed the series. I thought maybe. Uh, you know, it didn't really have a villain, so to speak, which I guess is fine. It's, just, it's basically about her getting her power and figuring it out and we, we and setting up different worlds. Um, so, I mean, I mean, it was effective in that point, but um, I didn't feel like there was a lot of stakes at the end for the finale, put it that way. I don't disagree. In fact, I'll flat out say the final episode did not stick the landing. I don't know if I even had a landing. Like, I don't even know what it was trying to do. Right. Right. Like, so I'll, I'll take it a step further in that the two weakest episodes, in my opinion, are the first and the last. Yeah. The I agree with you. Episodes two, four, five, or two, three, four, Great. five. Great. In fact, five is really almost the, the it's the conclusion just about, it's the, it's the climax for sure. For sure. Yeah. And like, the have six episodes kind of like an epilogue. Yeah. Um, but I have to admit, and I, I've said this already, after the first episode, I'm like, all right, this is uh, Disney Plus appealing to a younger crowd. This is kind of like what, you know, they used to be on the Disney Channel, like all those teen-centric shows or what they had on Nickelodeon. I'm like, this is not for me, and it's okay. But then from episode two on, I was like, this is good. Mm-hmm. They've brought me in. So overall, yes, I very much like the series. Um, I got some Spider-Man vibes in the last episode or two. Yeah, I did like the way that I, m- the mom made the the costume, but dad gave her the name. So it was kind of a nice parental yeah. like coming together of the yeah. character was really good. But even seeing her at you know one of the last scenes of the first of the of this first season is her sitting on top of the street lamp, which is isn't that a comic book cover? It is. But how many yeah. times have we also seen Spider-Man? Oh yeah, it's cool. That? Yeah, and she's so, in Jersey. She's so only across the water. Yeah, she's looking across the way. I mean, let's face it, you know, Spider-Man sometimes, you know, takes Staten Island Ferry, which is just the other direction, right? Right. So, right, she's just there across from New York looking at New York. So, I I get it. Some definite Spider-Man vibes, which is good because they're both, you know, teenage heroes. Yeah, that's great. So, again, I fully enjoyed the series. Um, But first, for me, the first and sixth episodes were the weakest. But I'm interested to see where this goes. I think, like I said, this is far more tied into Shang-Chi than we realize right now. 
I think we're going to see a lot with the gauntlets uh, and the Ten Rings. I think they're somehow very closely related. Even the color of their energy is that purple energy. Yeah. Which makes things... I, I would like to learn more... Chaos. I don't know. I'd like to learn more about the gins and all that stuff. Like, I don't know enough. Like, I would like to have learned more. You know, there's know kind of an abru- there's kind of an abruptness to the ending of the show. It's kind of like then all of a sudden they're back in Jersey. Well, you, I mean, I know you assume they flew there, but it's like you cut to you know, yeah, this huge right. epic um, adventure in Pakistan, which was great, and then it just kind of cuts back to Jersey, and it's like, wait, I feel like you could have had one more episode in between to maybe get into the more lore and and history of the jinn and that kind of stuff would have been cool. Um, I mean, there's also some huge revelations in the show. I mean, clearly we, we, we find out she's a mutant of some sort and they play the theme, the nineties theme, which is the second time oh they God. play that theme now. Yep. Cause Coming. they played it in uh strange Dr. Strange. So he- that'd be kind of cool if they make the X-Men theme based off that nineties theme would be really cool. Well, and of course they played that little snippet of the theme right after he says, you have mutations. Yep. I, I heard it. And I went, holy crap. Michelle's like, what are you talking about? What's I, what's the deal? And I, she didn't know that theme. So me and Shaley, same thing. I'm like, did you hear that? That's right. The same thing. Did it. you hear that? I rewound it. Like, that's the theme from the nineties X-Men. She's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. I said, I do. Yeah. I know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like, we know okay, that. So she's not an inhuman then, which it seems that Marvel is getting away from the inhumans game. And this is the way they're going to start introducing mutants into the MCU. Yeah, so she's the first mutant. She's not. She's not first, a mutant. Sure she's not a mutant. Others, in but. she's an inhuman, right? In the comics. Yeah. Well, so let's get into that just briefly. In that, at the time, uh, there was a dictate from Marvel editorial comics telling Marvel creators don't create any more mutants. The reason being, because at the time, 20th Century Fox had the rights to the X-Men movies. So basically, any time a new oh, character was created in X-Men, thanks, you just gave new a, a new IP to 20th Century Fox to use in a movie. Stop doing that. So a few years ago, Marvel's like, you know what? We're going to, the X-Men as are they are, no more new characters. Let's focus instead on the Inhumans, where you know, there are these people that, you know, I, they have powers, but they don't know it until they get exposed to the Terragon Mists, and then, which we saw in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. So Marvel started focusing on that because they were going to make them basically their version of mutants in the MCU. And then the whole 20th Century Fox acquisition happened. So now they can make all the mutants they want now. Right. But it's, it's clear a money thing. It was MCU, a money thing. It's 100% a hundred percent money thing. Hundred percent smart though. I mean, if you don't you don't want to build other people's properties up, I mean that's just not, not it's not good business, anyways. Well, Marvel even canceled the Fantastic Four for the longest time because they're like, we don't want to give any more IP scripts, right? To Twentieth Century Fox, yeah. And eventually they brought them back because you can't leave them. I mean, the Marvel's first family, you got to have them at some point, but right, yeah, right, right. So, so we know. Okay, so we know there's going to be mutants. We don't know how they're going to bring it in past this, but clearly they're hinting at there's a plan or a plan being set. Yes, Feige always has a plan. So I assume we're going to see mutants sooner than later. Um, it was interesting to see uh, Brie Larson show up. It was, was strange. They do that, and the continuity. Man, her hair grows fast because in Shang Chi it was short, 
Like, what's going on? Can we be smarter? Right. I mean, well, <laughs> it seems like every time we see her, her hair is different. So I don't know. Right. 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 Like it's never the same. Never the same. I don't know what that's about. They got like changed realms or something. Looks like. So, yeah. So, again, I think it's tied to Shang-Chi. But in the comics, uh, the previous uh, Captain Marvel had these things he called negabands. And they were gauntlets. And in the 80s, he was tied to uh, was it Rick Jones, I think. It was one of uh, the Hulk's... Uh, guy who was in the Hulk. But anyhow, he got bonded to this human where... Um, when he wasn't, when Captain Marvel wasn't Captain Marvel, he was in the negative zone. Mm. And Rick Jones would walk around, but whenever the bands got activated, they flipped positions. Uh. So then Captain Marvel would be the hero, but then Rick would be trapped in the negative zone. So I don't know if that's what's happening here, but it seems to be a nod to that, that somehow they are now connected. And then obviously something happens and where does Miss Marvel go? But Captain Marvel shows up. So I'm wondering if there's, that's how they're connected. Somehow one's in the negative zone, one's not. Yada, yada. So again, hard to say off that whole five second clip, but that is something that is connected to the character of Captain Marvel, but a previous incarnation of Captain Marvel. Got it. So it could be something around that way. Exactly. But I mean, again, overall good, We'll see what the, I mean, I want to see the Marvels now or Marvels, whatever. Um, the Marvels family is going to be like Shazam. What? Um, <laughs> no. Uh, anyways, it, it, it was a good series. Um, but, you know, it was fun. We'll see what happens next. As, as it ranks in the series of Disney plus Marvels, where do you put it? You know, it's hard to say because, like I said, originally I didn't think it was for me, but it won me over. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't know where I placed it. I mean, I really liked Hawkeye. I don't know. It's it, They're all good. So it, it sounds like, you know, out of the what, how many have been coming out, which one do, do I enjoy the I most? I liked it more than it Moon Knight. Like really? But yeah, Moon Knight didn't do much for after a while. It's just kind of like. It just didn't didn't I didn't like it as much. See, I'm biased. I've yeah, always been it's a your character, fan. right? It's for like you know thirty years now, so more than thirty years. Jesus Christ, I'm old. Um, so I'm biased there. I'm just happy to see Moon Knight and yeah. not suck. So I don't know. I'd, it's not the worst. I, I'd say mid tier somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's good, a good show. show. It's a good show. Yeah. If it was a movie at the theater, I don't know if it would have been as good. I think it was good as good no, series. So. No, no. It was a decent series. I'm glad it wasn't a movie. She'll be in a movie. Yeah, and I'm good with that. And I, I think the casting was incredible. 100%. Love great, the cast. They're great. great. Great casting in the show. Um, but there's a lot more to learn, I think, that I, that I need to learn. I agree. Um, all right. So, Two big Marvel shows, uh, movie and, and TV show. Uh, I would say watch them both if you haven't watched it. If you listen to this whole podcast and you haven't seen them, sorry. Spoilers. <laughs> well, hold on. Let, speaking of spoilers, let's talk about one last little thing real quick. I know we yeah. can wrap this up. What about that reveal at the end of Thor? The, which one? The um, the Zeus part? When we, when we see that Zeus is still alive yeah. and... 
Hercules. Oh, that's right. Holy crap. I for, totally forgot about uh, Ted Lasso's uh, own. Brett Goldstein? As Rick Goldstein as Hercules. Um, that's cool. Everybody, I, I, Michelle, I hope he's great. I mean, he's awesome anyways. Um, now, he's going to go out to fight Thor. They're going to fight because they're both demigods, which is interesting. Right. Right. So obviously, actually, Thor's not a demigod. Hercules is a demigod. Thor is an actual god. So it should be no Correct. problem. Um, so what does that mean? Is there a, is there a God Wars? Is that Secret War? No, Secret Wars is the um Cree, the Cree thing, right? Correct. You know, so one bit, of, one little nitpick because I'm that them, I'm that dorky. Hercules, which I know everyone knows, the hero is Hercules, but Hercules is actually the Roman name. Yeah, it's Heracles. Or, no, is, is it? Yes. The, yeah, you're correct. Yeah, the Greek yeah, name is Heracles. Yeah, yeah. So but yeah. now that said, I realize he's been Hercules in the comics forever because someone made a mistake, you know, 50, 60 years ago. Right. And call him Hercules instead. But yes, it should be Heracles. Um, that, that's nitpicky, I know. It is. But at the same time, what was good about the, I guess they, they, they shot Russell Crowe's um, Zeus two ways every time they did a scene. Did you know that? Yeah, because they wanted to make sure they didn't know which way they wanted to do the accent. Yeah, English accent and Greek. I'm glad they chose Greeks. They never do. It's always like, why would they have an English accent? Even in 300, like, why are you all speaking English? I don't get. Right. So, and why I love you, the accent. And why are I you all it. tall? And because Greeks aren't tall. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> that was good. All right. Why are you all tall? Exactly. All right, that'll do it for this week. Um, Michael, how can they talk to us on social? Oh, did you see Thor? Did you see Miss Marvel? What did you think? Let us know on both Twitter and Instagram. You can find us at KyberCast. Or Facebook is more your style. We have both a group and a page at the KyberCast. And check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash KyberCast if you'd like to help. But the best way to help our show is to smash that subscribe button and leave a review. Or better yet, tell a friend about the show and they can find us on pretty much every podcatcher that you can find that's out there from Apple to Google to Amazon to iHeartRadio, I believe. We're even on that stuff, too. So, so. Check it out there. Check out our website at kybercast.com. And we have some swag there. If you go to kybercast.com slash shop, you can find some cool things there. That also helps out the show. Um, and we appreciate every listener and every comment that we get. So thank you all that listen to us and, and share some experience during the week. Um, Michael's always good at responding. I'm not so great at it, but Michael's good at it. So thank you for listening to the show. Um, next week, we'll get into hopefully uh, the boys and maybe Stranger Things, if, if Michael can catch up there, but we'll, we'll get to it at, at some point. So I can't do both, but I can, I'll, I'll definitely get the boys done. All right, we'll week. definitely talk about the boys next week and whatever else comes up. Uh, so until then, this is the way. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.